What, they think we got three Rod Brandemores or what? I think I started lifting real lightweights when I was like 12. Now listening to the Rod the Podcast with your hosts Jordan Betts and Mike Men. All right, and just like that, the 2023-2024 season is upon us. How we feeling, Mike? Excited. It should be, you know, a good year for the Hurricanes, and there's a lot to discuss, so it should be a good episode. Let's hop right in. So just brief overview of what we're looking to cover tonight. Uh, I want to talk about the opening night lineup as the Canes prepare to face the Ottawa Senators tomorrow evening at PNC Arena. Uh, talk about their AHL situation, uh, some moves made, uh, some preseason uh, observations. Uh, talk about 2023-2024 season expectations. A lot of pundits uh, obviously picking Carolina uh, to win the cup or be right in the mix down to the end. Uh, and then a big announcement at the end. But uh, like I said, let's hop right in. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously we mentioned we're going to start with the opening lineup. Very similar for the most part to last year. More depth, uh, stronger lineup probably in total. But it's curious to see how some of these lines shake out. So if we want to start with, we're going to go based on what we've seen leading up to opening night. And right now it looks like Bunting, Ajo, and Jarvis are going to be that first line. What's your thoughts there, Jordan? So as you said, very similar um, to the lineup that Carolina rolled out last season. Um, but I think the big difference is, uh, and kind of starts here with Michael Bunting and then trends down there with Lemieux and Orloff and others. I think there's just a little more edge to this team. It it feels a little bit more built for the playoffs um, than rosters in the past. Um, in, in bunting, we've seen a guy that can play in the top six with high skill players, but brings a little edge and sandpaper, something that uh, Carolina has desperately needed. Um, to me, I think this line really comes down to um, – can Bryce Jarvis step back up after a bit of a sophomore slump last season? Um, and how much of that chemistry does Bunting have early with Ajo that he had, you know, last year in Toronto uh, playing with their high school guys? Yeah, I think obviously with a guy like Seth, who's going to push the pace, um, lots of skill, expecting probably a big year from him. He's got similar expectations to what we saw out in Natchez. The question will be when is his coming out party? It could very much be this year, and he's set up on a line where he has the tools to do it. We know what Ajo does. We know the two-way game he plays. The key to that line is bunting, going to be able to finish the chances in the crease and get those goals that we lacked last year. If that's the case, Ajo and Jarvis are going to be able to drive the play, um, and bunting should have the opportunity to really cash in on a lot of their playmaking ability. You know, to me, if Bryce Jarvis, Bryce Jarvis, Seth Jarvis, um, tell me you're you're thinking about Bryce. That's baseball. No, that's base. Bryce Uh Jarvis is a baseball player. He's a pitcher. Uh Went to Duke. Okay, uh, plays for the D-backs. Also, a lot of Bryce Young, but we'll keep it positive here. Yeah. Um, Seth Jarvis. Um, the thing for me is if he does not get off on the right foot, and it's kind of a perpetuation of. Uh, much of what we saw for a large sloths of last season. Uh, I would love to see Rod go away from him in this role. I thought it kind of brought that group down, even if he does have the pace and ability to play with Ajo. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't stick with that as long. Uh, otherwise, I think you're going to see uh, some decent movement in that top six. Um, yeah. We know how Rod is, though, so I have a feeling we're going to be seeing that line for a while. And I do believe that Jarvis is ready I think you know he sees the game fast enough he obviously has the skill and the skating to go with it Um, it's really just a matter of his confidence I think at this point and if he starts the season confident and things hit on the right foot then I expect that line to maybe outperform what some people are thinking when you when you look at the addition of bunting some people are probably like it's an unproven guy. 
The Canes are big on analytics. They've publicly come out and said that they constantly are looking for people that they think when plugged into their system would produce more. You have to think that's exactly what Michael Bunting is to the organization. And if that's the case and if they hit on that one, it's a a really good bit of business for them and that's a really solid first line. 100%. I I do think he can fulfill uh, that void within the lineup. I uh, need that physicality. And as far as Jarvis, you know, I, I know it didn't end well for him and the team, but I thought he had kind of rounded the corner in the playoffs a little bit last year. So seeing him build on that heading into year three, uh, obviously a ton of upside. So um, love kind of love how that first unit can come together. Or first uh, line can come together. Uh, moving into the second unit. Um, what are your thoughts here? It's, it's shaping up at least for opening night uh, while Svetch is on IR to be Turbo, KK, and Natchez. Obviously, KK and Natchez played with other each other a, son, a ton last year. To me, there, there's no bigger question mark in the entire lineup uh, than Contevo Teravine and return the form. If he does, it raises the ceiling of the entire team. I would totally agree with that, and I think this might be a blessing in disguise with Svetch being out of the lineup because it gives Turbo the opportunity to play up the lineup, to start the season fast. We know he's generally not a fast starter, but he really needs it. We're talking about a guy that had a a pretty bad year for his standard, and you know, going into contract year, mm-hmm. it's it's a big opportunity for him to prove it. Because at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out on that line, you're probably bumping down to the Stall and Foss line. And the reality becomes, are you then something that's moved out to bring in greater value? Um, and you know, you're not going to want to spend that much money on a third line forward. We've seen the Canes do it historically with Stall over the past couple of seasons. But will they hold on to Turbo in that scenario? I think this this organization has really showed they do their business in the offseason. Rod is a big believer in the guys he, that he has in the room, and he's come out and said that he's been on teams in the past where if they had just stuck together, he thinks they would have gotten a cup. So I know this team likes to hold on to that core, and and maybe you know even if he doesn't have the best start, they hope that by the time playoffs come around, we get a better version of Turbo, but he's certainly the player that's on the hot seat, but he's getting a really great opportunity with Svetch being out to really build his game and show what he's still got. No doubt, and, and really coming off in an offseason last year where he, you know, by reports, he didn't really come in shape, didn't, you know, just wasn't meeting the standard of the expectations for himself, for the team, what Rod has established. Uh, that doesn't seem to be the case this year, um, but... Yeah, like you said, he's got to get up to a good start. This is a great opportunity. I think that's a really um, complete line for how those guys um, really should mesh together from a talent perspective and a style of play. Uh, Martin Natchez, is, was last year a fluke? Is he going to build on it? Really, if you start stacking seasons like the one he had a year ago, uh, you really ascend into a different category of player. I think that's absolutely what occurs. Um the next question for him is contract, but now's not the time to talk that. No, I mean, if but like you said, if if things start hot this season, I mean, he's in line for a pretty substantial pay raise. I believe he's at $3 million right now, and that contract is coming up. So something definitely to keep an eye on. And I like that Svetch is not being rushed back. I'm sure Svetch does not like that. Um, but at the end of the day, when – when you're thinking about the lineup, we know that Svetch, KK, and Natchez are a great line when they get rolling. If we can get that first line that we talked about earlier to produce and mesh, I think you're looking at two strong lines, and then you're, you're pushing a guy like Turbo down the lineup. You're pushing a guy like Martin down the lineup. You have other guys you can bring in that bring that sandpaper and grit that we've been talking about. At the end of the day, it's not all necessarily about physicality and hitting, but sometimes it's about the attitude that you approach the game with. And like you alluded to earlier, the Canes have done a good job of bringing in no-nonsense guys. So it's encouraging to see where the season goes, and I think that top six is going to have a lot to prove in the first two months of the season. 
But, you know, it just shows how much depth you do have. I mean, when you have more than six forwards that are capable of playing in your top six and you're debatably, you know, without your second best forward right now, who can come in and bring another power forward physical element, uh, maybe the element that which this group is missing when you do add him, Svech in, uh, that being Svech, uh, when you do add him back in, um, this, this group just seems to have a higher ceiling up front to me uh, than previous iterations. Um, no real need to talk about the third line. It's old faithful. We've seen it for a number of year, years now. Uh, that is Martinook, Stahl, and Faust. Um, you know what you're going to get. They're going to bring it every night. They're going to be a tough matchup. You love to have them on the road. You can kind of stack them at home. It's 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 a great group. I know we have bashed on, not bashed, but um, been frustrated with Martinook being over-slotted at times. To me, this is the perfect fit. Um, and he has the ability to obviously drop down and play a grinder role in the fourth line if you do ultimately uh, drop Turbo or someone else to the third line. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. We know that Rod likes to use him as a spark plug up and down the lineup. Uh, I think we know Rod's biggest thing is when you're not doing the things you need to do to be successful in the system. You know, he's going to move guys around like that, and he's going to put a Martinook who does the things he wants to do every time in a higher role to try to get the boys going again. I know that we have voiced our displeasure with that in the past, but at the end of the day, like you mentioned, Martinook Stahlfost is a fantastic line. They're all paid what they should be paid now, which is phenomenal. That's the biggest thing. Which is phenomenal, so we're happy there. Uh, the next question then is, is it 11-7 or... Is it 12-6 going into opening night? We haven't gotten an answer. Rod said it would be one of the two when wow. asked which Th one it thanks, was. Rod. So the real question is, do we see that potential Lemieux, Jerry, Nason fourth line, or is one of them a healthy scratch for a Chatfield to step in? My guess is um, you'll see both within the first week. I would think so. That, that's kind of the, my general feel. Um I want to say they'll go 11-7 opening night. I just kind of the sentiment that I'm getting. Um, but I don't think that's permanent. You're going to see a few different experimental uh, lineups going forward. Uh, calculated risks. I mean, Carolina knows what they're doing, um, and I'm sure they have the data analytics um, on kind of their process moving forward. Um one last thing I'll say on the third line, if we get playoff Marty, he can play on the first line. Yeah, playoff Marty <laughs> was was the best version of Marty I've ever Overtime seen. Overtime Faust as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'll touch on we've made the, you know, the assumption that if they go 11-7, Chatfield steps in. If they play the 12-6, I mean, I think the guy that comes out of the lineup is obviously Lemieux if they do the 11-7. I think Lemieux in that 12-6 is a long-term play i don't think they brought him in for the beginning of the season i don't think they brought him in for the middle of the season i think he is strictly a guy who they can throw into the mix when they feel that things aren't going in the right direction we've seen teams in the playoffs take runs at the canes to try to play that physical take out your star um hockey and if that's the route they want to go, we now have one of those guys that you can throw in for a night, and if he gets suspended for three games, whatever. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. This is so. this is a playoff play. Yeah. He is. I don't care if he's in the lineup day one, but I would be shocked if you didn't see, you know, assuming health, you didn't see him in a playoff series at a certain point just to bring a different element uh, and to kind of balance maybe a tilted ice physically against Carolina. Um, just allows them to play more styles. They can overrun you with speed, pace, and structure. Or they can now play heavy, which maybe they haven't been able to do in the past. No, I, I totally agree. I think this is probably the, I don't know if pestiest is a word, but we're going to say it is for now. This may be the pestiest lineup in the NHL. Um, the addition, I mean, the team already four checks and plays really hard prior to this season. And then you go and add a bunting who fits that mold probably more than anybody else does as an agitator you add a Lemieux who has a few screws loose in his head and then we'll hop down to the defense here in a little bit but you also add an Orlov this is a team that already plays like pests and you added three guys that I think substantially up that figure in addition yeah no doubt and 
as you touch on, let's go ahead and hop to the defense. Um, the first pairing, pretty self-explanatory. Jacob Saban, Brent Burns, um, running it back. They were one of the best pairings in the league last year. Um, only expect that to continue despite his age. Uh, Burns, he continues to play at an extremely high level, setting the Canes record for points by a defenseman in a season last year. Um, I think that's something he can push for again uh, this upcoming year. Uh, the second pairing, the pairing we didn't anticipate having, and, you know, is back. I mean, Shane Pesh, as stable and um, rock solid as it gets, I'm not sure we'll see, what, 18 goals again from Brady Shea, but um, that is a phenomenal pairing, and obviously they're, they're used a ton. Rod, Rod loves those guys together. Uh, right now it looks like you're going to see Orloff and uh, uh, D'Angelo on the bottom pairing with Chatfield mixing in. Uh, what an embarrassment of riches to have a guy like Jalen Chatfield as your either extra or seventh defenseman. Um, you know, I'm sure there are people within the community that want him playing above TDA, but I think the offensive element um, and ability to kind of band-aid over his misgivings on the back end uh, with an Orloff uh, make him a really good fit for a team that wants to push play from the back end and really the best mix, you know, one through six with these guys. Uh, of offensive and defensive acumen, uh, really that's unmatched in the league. I think there's no doubt that this is the best defensive unit in the whole entire NHL. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. When you can, you know, have Slavin Burns light on your third pair, I think that's exactly what Orlov and D'Angelo are. When you look at D'Angelo, he had success in a first pairing role with Slavin. You're now playing him with a guy that's probably pretty similar in ability to Slavin on the third pair. They're going to have much easier deployments, but he's going to have a similar caliber of line mate or partner in this scenario, and I think that bodes really well for the Hurricanes. We all know that D'Angelo can be a defensive sieve, but at the end of the day, protected by Orlov, playing third pair minutes, getting to be on power play one with Burns, which is how it looks like it's going to shape out right now that both of them will be on that first unit. I think that, like you said, this has got to be the best the best defense in the league. And, I mean, during the offseason, we talked about we were willing to experiment with Chatfield as defenseman number four, and we're talking about him as defenseman number seven now. And I think that, like you said, that's an embarrassment of riches. And that even gives them the room down the road if you have an injury, if they decide to make a trade for a forward. You now have the depth to go do that where you can give, you can lose a Pesci, you can lose a Shea, and at the same point bring in a guy that knows the system, has been successful in the system, all while upgrading your, your lineup. I mean, I think they're set up to be very successful. Yeah, as you touched on, there's a hesitancy within the organization to make major trades within the regular season. Um, but this unit enables you to do that. And this might be the year where that timing just lines up. Uh, also, to your point, injuries, you never know when those are going to arise. Um, I'm not sure any team is better positioned uh, top to bottom to plug holes, injuries to their forward their forward group, their defensemen, or their goalies than Carolina. I mean, the organizational depth uh, is honestly incredible. Um, any final thoughts on the defense before we touch on our you know, three goalies? No, we can we can hop in and talk about what is going on there. So, well, as expected, it, it's Frederick Anderson uh, and expected to be the number one, uh, backed up once again by Antti Ranta and Piotr Kachekov. Uh, was just sent down to the AHL affiliate of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, the Syracuse Crush. Um, so he will be getting much-needed reps. Um, you know, it's, hey, we, we've seen these three all play exceptionally well in spurts. Um, Freddie reestablished himself as the one through the playoffs last year. Um, if he's that guy, uh, Carolina has a chance to win every night and, and to win a cup in the end. Um you know, the question's always health. The health the question, really, him and Ranta is about health. Uh, both are high-level players but have had durability issues. Uh, Pieter Kachekov's the ultimate insurance policy, a guy that has shown uh, an incredibly high ceiling, uh, albeit with some inconsistencies 
you know, which is commonplace amongst young players, but I, I'm more concerned about his ceiling and what I believe he's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reality is we expect to see Kachetkov in the NHL this year, whether that's due to play, injury, whatever it may be. Having three starting caliber goalies is never going to hurt you. Kachetkov is going to get plenty of opportunity to see pucks when he is in Syracuse, which is good for his development. I know that guy wants to be in Raleigh and playing for the Hurricanes. Um, that hunger, if he has the right mentality, will only drive him to be a better goalie so that when it's time for him to pull on that cane sweater, he's ready to be what he should be, and that's a starting caliber goaltender. So I think obviously the setup there is great. We talked about it in the offseason. You get all these guys on great contracts. They want to be here. They want to win here. So happy with the lineup. You look at it from the top to the bottom, and it's it's really exciting. So, Last comment on the goalies. Uh, I know there's some speculation that they might carry all three. I think this is better for Piotr's um, development to be in Syracuse. Um, I know that's not what he probably wants. He wants to be in a cane sweater. Um, but that time is coming sooner rather than later. And at the end, for him, uh, it's established himself as the one within the next three years. Now is not as um, significant, although he may want it. Uh, they're, they're doing the right things by him, whether he recognizes it or not. But I haven't heard anything negative in that regard. No, and I think it's his job to, when he gets called up, to play well enough to keep that role. I mean... You know how it is in professional athletics. When you get called up as the young guy, you have to beat out the old established guy that's proved he can do it. So it'll be his his job to win at some point this year. He'll have an opportunity. I think it's almost guaranteed that that'll be the point where whether that's the backup job or the starter job, I think he'll have a shot. So it's up to him to claim it, and if he does – I think there's nothing wrong with that. No I'm, doubt. And I'm the happy. precedent's been set. I mean, he came up last year and they wrote him as the one for yeah. a, you know about a month there uh, when he was running hot. Kane's play, you know, that's really, if you have to appreciate one thing about Rod Brennanmore, and there's a lot to appreciate, but it's a true meritocracy. If you The best players play, the guy, hardest working guys, they play. Um, when he was playing well, he jumped on Tiranta. There's no doubt. And Freddie came back and they kind of kept him on the side there for a while because Piotr was playing so well. Ultimately, he seeded the crease, but that ceiling is really what's enticing, you know, about his future proposition and the role he will facilitate in the future for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, any final any final lineup thoughts? No, I think that's it. Um, any prognostications about what happens when Svech comes back? Do you think it is turbo dropping down? Yeah, I mean, I think there's no doubt that it'll be Svech, KK, Natchez. I mean, depending on how Turbo's playing and how Bunting's playing, I mean, one of those two guys is likely going to be the one that bumps down. Um, would love to see Turbo turn it on and play really well. I think Bunting can really play on any of those top three lines and be successful with the, you know, the finisher he is. I mean, he'll drive and get in there. I could honestly see him working pretty well with Stahl and Faust in the sense that Agreed. they're going to get net front. A lot, I see him winning those puck battles. That would just mean back Martin Oak, Stahl, and Foss is a tough line to play against. Bunting, Stahl, and Foss would just yeah, be yeah. not fun. You'd have also a little more good. scoring juice. Um, line that combo that I'd like to see at a certain point would be Bunting, Aho, and Svetch. It's three lefties, which is an ideal. Rod doesn't like to do that. Um, but two kind of power elements playing with Aho, guys with some finish, I think would be nice. We've never seen that um, type of Play, those types of players around Sebastian Ajo. Um, but for now, I, I think kind of how it's framed makes the most sense. A guy we didn't touch on too much is uh, Kokaniemi. Hey, I, I think he's the guy that he showed the last 40-ish games last year, and I yeah. fully anticipate him building on that heading into this season. Um, I think it it's going to be critical for both him and Turbo to get off on the right foot. Um, Natchez was racking up points with Svech was the real driver of that line early in the season. Um, KK can play with those guys. We've seen it. Um, but he really came into his own the second half of the year, uh, you know, showed decently well in the playoffs, but you know, his development continued development, um, other than turbo might be the most critical element to this team really taking that final step. Yeah. I mean, I think it would certainly be helpful. And I, when we, offer sheeted him I said that I 
believed that he would be a second line center in the NHL. And I still believe that he's going to continue to be that. I don't, I, I agree with you in the sense that I think the second half of the season is more of what we're going to see this season. I think we can expect 50 plus points from a KK. I think we can see that game, that two way game develop even more. I think, you know, he fits in well with Natchez and Svech as kind of the anchor point of that line. We both know that Svech and Natchez love playing with each other, but they're both can be a little reckless for offense. So having that two way center that's going to learn every season to how to play things a little bit better. It's not his goal to go out there or it's not his role, excuse me, to go out there and just accumulate a ton of points. His role is to anchor two elite offensive talents and make sure that as a line, they are net positive throughout the season. No doubt. Okay. So we briefly touched on it uh, with Piotr Kachekov playing in Syracuse to start the season. Uh, are there any other AHL moves you want to talk about are really just kind of the framework with Carolina not having an affiliate at the moment. Uh, any thoughts there? Well, I mean, I think Kachetkov is the big one, right? We know that there have been some other guys loaned out to not only AHL franchises, but ECHL franchises as well. I think at the end of the day, it's not ideal right now. The, the caliber of player that we're lending luckily is high enough that, I mean, it would be obvious mismanagement if they weren't getting proper ice time so I don't think we need to worry about it in the short term I am curious to see how the AHL affiliation shakes out in the future though it sounds like there's definitely some interest from Dundon to get their our own AHL team yep. um, it'll really just kind of depend on the numbers of teams I think that's kind of he's also in on point. trying to bring an ML, MLB team to the state that is another that's my guy no and th I think and that's what you like to see when you've got a guy that's invested like he is in the Hurricanes, in the PNC Arena location. He's obviously in on the Raleigh market in the long run. I read a, I mean, I've read a few articles now about his perspective on it, and he's very bullish on the Raleigh market. And it takes guys with, you know, that much pull to go out and get these kind of things done. And I, I mean, if you asked me what made the most sense to come to Raleigh next, it would be either MLB or MLS. Totally. And I think MLB is the more realistic one at yeah, this point. Yeah, with Charlotte already getting MLS, you're, you're probably not too, getting two teams within the state. Uh, so baseball, I mean, candidly, the fact that North Carolina doesn't have a MLB team and there, there's a gap within the map uh, between Atlanta and Washington uh, seems like a big misstep uh, for the – for Major League Baseball, especially with how uh, quickly this area has grown, both both here and Charlotte. I think as long as you get one, I, I think that's perfect. I'm biased. I'd rather have it here. But, um, yeah, Tom Dundon fully invested. We didn't talk uh, about the uh, renovation to PNC. I think that's fantastic news, uh, as you touched on, shows that he has invested uh, not just in the Canes but in this community and keeping them here, growing the franchise the right way. And uh, it's been really um, great to see the media narrative around him shift to this kind of outsider, you know, brash, going to do it my way to now he runs what's considered the most innovative team in the league, uh, and he's getting praised widely uh, throughout the hockey community. So um, I know we've been tough on him at times, but right now, I mean, the guy is uh, beyond reproach and could not be more thankful that he is our owner. I would love he could own the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's not perfect, but everything he does has been in an effort to build the franchise, right? And, you know, there's been moments where you wonder how, how sustainable it was going to be, like the approach he had to certain things. And, you know, it's been successful so far, and we're grateful for that. And you know that they uh, have stadium zoning only three minutes away from where we're sitting right now. Downtown South has stadium zoning where originally That's they were right. going to put the soccer fields. Yep. So there is already a place in downtown Raleigh that has zoning for a stadium. So if the MLB does come down here, they've already got a spot where they can get started on building right away. So super exciting for Raleigh as an area. Hopefully we don't get uh, Charlotte throwing rocks at us again like they have in the past. But Well, he, the truth is... Either it could be two, but one city between Charlotte, Nashville, and Raleigh is going to get a team, and so 
Um, we digress. Yeah, I know you didn't. We're not now a baseball pod, but no. that's a couple of baseball. This is a record for baseball references. Oh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, really nice little overview there of kind of what's going on with the AHL and kind of the macro dynamics of, of things going on around the Carolina Hurricanes that are not directly related to the on ice product. Um, yeah, I just love how invested he is in the community. Um, Mike, give me your thoughts on some some preseason performances, surprises, um, anything that kind of comes to mind as we head into the season uh, that you think is worth mentioning. Yeah, I mean, I think the one we have to start with is Felix Unger-Sorum, second-round pick this past year, just turned 18 years old, had an impressive, impressive preseason. Um it's interesting. He could be NHL ready in the next year to two. Uh, there was a real out. There's a real outside shot that he made the roster um, straight out of the preseason. It's probably best for him to go back to Sweden like he has and get a lot of playing time. But you have to be really excited about a guy that the Canes were high on. He's got the confidence and poise of an NHL player already. He's got the skill set and the vision probably needs to fill out his frame a little bit honestly not that he's a you know not comparing him to Aho, but he, there's a lot of things that are similar to Felix Ungersorum that remind me of when Aho was a was coming in after his draft year and how he impressed people and then next season there he is on the roster I think it's a little harder to break in, not a little harder. It's substantially harder to break into the Canes roster now than when Aho broke in. But I think we can expect to see Felix Ungersorum in the near future if he continu- continues to develop like he like he has. So exciting to see that in the in the uh, pipeline. Right. It's just a testament to how well Carolina has drafted and the really guys they've gotten outside the first round. It's they take shots. It's, well, they have a type. And yep. they understand the um, opportunity cost within the draft. Okay? And I, I think a lot of organizations um, do not correctly assess the positive benefit and net gain of hitting on a player outside the first round versus the cost of missing on that pick. Too many teams are trying to hit singles and doubles uh, instead of going for the home run guys that can actually impact the lineup. Uh, Carolina does it, and they do it every year, and that's why – um, despite never drafting high, uh, really since the Jarvis pick, um, they're consistently have one of the best rated, um, you know, talent pools uh, of any organization. Uh, and without the high end guys, they might have the deepest from five to 25 of anybody in hockey. Uh, and that just, you know, it gives you the, uh, organizational dexterity to trade, to have depth, to pull up guys that you're comfortable with to teach the system and if certain players don't pan out, that's fine because you're just going to continue to backload. Um, really impressive what they built here in Raleigh. Um, another guy, uh, Panamerov, that had a chance of kind of breaking in the roster, uh, nursing something heading in the season, and obviously uh, Nick Suzuki, Suzuki, who's had a um, you know difficult time after being drafted in the first round, eye injury, and now uh, upper body head, head into the season, but he looked much better. Yeah, I think he he looked like an NHL player. Um, watching him, he showed the flashes of the skill and scoring and passing ability that he has. Um, I think uh, Suzuki, Unger, Sorum, and Reese played together quite a bit, if I'm not mistaken, in the preseason. And to be honest with you, they look like they could be an NHL line um, for a lot of franchises in the NHL. It's going to be hard to break into this lineup. Like we mentioned, you have to hope that Suzuki eventually gets a shot, but it's challenging. You're competing with a Panamera, a Drury, a Reese. We've got a lot of other young guys that are eventually going to be barking up that tree as well. And as an organization, it's a good thing because, you know, it's creating internal competition where no one guy is the shoe in for the role and you're going to have to constantly fight to earn it. And that's the kind of character and player that a coach like Rod Brandon Moore wants, which is why you see the lineup built that they have. And like you mentioned previously, it's why they're going to continue to have these opportunities because they draft a type, they develop a type and they make it compete. And in the long run, that's really good for your organization. Without question. And, and apologies, I said Nick Suzuki. Obviously, I met Ryan Suzuki. Nick yep. is playing in uh, Montreal, of course. Um, yeah, I, I think, when, especially when you're talking about the forwards, um, 
they draft a certain style of player that really only fits in a top nine for the most part. And so it's kind of hard to jump in when you have a well-established top nine. Um, they have had players come in and get kind of spot opportunities and produce. You know, Morgan Geeky comes to mind. Um, you know, guy drafted late, came in, uh, really produced on the fourth line and obviously lost in the expansion draft to Seattle. But guys like that that just kind of come through the system, uh, McKenzie McEachern that, you know, made an appearance in playoffs and had some big games versus the Islanders. Islanders. Um, yeah, it's it just the the term you could always use as an embarrassment of riches, and that's what they have uh, here in Carolina. Uh, any kind of final thoughts there, Mike, before we talk about expectations, maybe make some picks? No, I mean, I think in terms of the preseason, that's kind of the main thing. We know that we have a lot in the pipeline that'll come down. In the future, that's something we can talk about as things progress throughout the season, um, we know that we're not getting Nikishin until Orlov's gone. So at the end of the day, those are the main highlights. And at some point, there's a decent chance that some of these guys are going to get called on this year. Unger Sorum's going to stay over in Sweden, but I think that Reese Ponomarev and Suzuki will likely get a shot at some point this year due to injuries and and play or whatever it may be. So... We'll be curious to track their progression and see if any one of them can crack the lineup. No doubt. Okay, so time's here. Let's make some picks. You want to start with the Metro or finish with the Metro? Uh, your call. Okay, your call. well, we're, we're going to finish with it, you know, add there some dramatic go. tension. Um, you want to just pick a winner of the Atlantic or name your top three teams? Let's go winner for okay. outside of the Metro. Okay. I, I'm in. Boston, no way Boston it's run. Not, I mean, yeah. that they're no can't repeat that. I mean, I would think Toronto. I don't Toronto. Gee, dang. that was me, my pick. Nah, is that I mean, is I that think, trendy? I, I don't know. I, I mean, think it's. I mean, I would think that's pretty straightforward in my okay. opinion. I don't know unless you, unless you think a Florida. No, I'm I'm really kind of the injuries they're nursing entering the year. I'm a little nervous about them. Boston obviously was going to regress regardless, but losing you know Bergeron and others. Um, I just don't think that's sustainable. Uh, I do think it's Toronto's Toronto's time. Um, This is the team that needs to do it. Um, They can build on finally winning a playoff series. Um, I think Tampa's unfortunately, unfortunately, wink, wink, um, past their window a little bit. Uh, Buffalo and Ottawa are coming. I I don't think they're there yet. Um, Still a lot to do um, to clean up the, how many goals Buffalo gives up? It's just hard to play that pond hockey style at a high level for 82 games. Sure. Um, not really sure what to think of Detroit, and obviously Montreal is really far off. So to me, uh, Toronto, Tampa, I'll, I'll say Buffalo gets in, and then uh, probably have, well, I'll save the wild cards. There you go. Okay, stick in the East. We'll go to the Metro. Uh, Canes win the Metro? Yeah. I, I think, think so too. I think they have to. I would be surprised if they didn't. I think you might see a little regression out of New Jersey this year. I know people really like them. I just feels a little bit like the Rangers were a year ahead of where they were supposed to be and then regressed last year. The Devils feel a year ahead of where they, we expected them to be, and they, I anticipate them regressing. Regressing still means to me a second-place finish in the, in the division. I just... There was a clear delineation between them and Carolina sure. last year in the playoffs. Sure. I think the only the difference is, is that New Jersey is a younger team compared to where um, the, the Rangers, Rangers were yeah. when they regressed. I mean, yeah. So my thing with New Jersey is I definitely think there's regression in their playoff play. I don't know. Like, they're kind of built to be good during the regular season. We've seen that before. Uh, yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I think you can definitely pencil them in at second place. I'm not sure. I'm curious to see how their their playoff play is. And really, it's will Akira Schmid take the next step and be, or or even Vitek Vanacek, honestly. What's going to be their goalie play there, I think, is a big piece of the puzzle. Um, in the playoffs, I mean, if you look at a team like the Canes, they're clearly built to push around a team like the New Jersey Devils. So I'm not sure what their expectations can be in the playoffs, but I do think that they probably finish second in the Metro. Who finishes third? That's tough. So I mean, I'm, I'm, let's talk through it. I, I'm on the fence a little bit. I, I kind of want to go with the older bunch in Pittsburgh, just one more run. 
Um, I don't think Washington, Philly, or Columbus are even in the discussion. Um, the Islanders always seem to hang around even after the bad start last year. They're just always in the mix. They're a tough team to play against. Uh, and maybe I'm underselling the Rangers a little bit. Yeah, I so for me, I think Washington is going to be sneaky better than they were last year. I think that they're in the same pool as Pittsburgh in that regard. I think Columbus and Philly are obviously bottom of the barrel. I think New York is a solid team, being the Rangers. I, I, I just can't get – it's hard for me to get behind the Islanders because at the end of the day, I don't see that they ever get better. I don't like, see I couldn't what get they, behind them when they were going to the Eastern Conference Final. I don't. I, I don't see what they've done to take that next step either. And they just they're getting older. And I mean, is, is Horvat gonna turn in the guy he was in Vancouver? I mean, they, 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 I, mean, I mean, that's they have not, the goalie. Yeah. That's at the end of the day when you have a top five goalie in the league and, and the system. That's gonna. It's gonna. You're gonna make the playoffs. Um, but it's not gonna be pretty. I don't well, who, know. Who's your three? You got gotta give me a three. Honestly, I think it's the Rangers. Okay, so Canes, Devils, Rangers. I'll go Canes, Devils, Pens. Your wild card teams are who? I would think it's probably it's. Mm, I think it's two Metro teams. Do you? Yeah. So I'm gonna go with Florida, and I'll take the Rangers. I'm thinking. So for me, if we're gonna recycle back, I don't think Boston makes the playoffs this year. I have them out too. So I think you're probably looking at Toronto. I think Florida surplants Tampa Bay as okay. the team in Florida. So I think you're probably looking at the Panthers in there as well. I, honestly, I could see without Vasilevsky for the beginning of the, the season, point. they yeah. could dig themselves quite the hole in Tampa Bay. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say Pittsburgh and Washington are the two teams nice. so that get in. No Boston or Tampa in the playoffs. Right? I don't think so. I love it. That's – hey. That's not. I don't think that's a hot take. I just think it's a you know, yeah, kind of a ballsy I, one. I think it's. I think it's the end of the road for Boston for the most part. They might squeak into the playoffs, but I'd rather take my chances with Pittsburgh. And I could see Washington rebounding this year and having a much better year. Kind of last year being a reset, but now they're going to go again type deal. Yeah, one more, I, th- one more I think they'll be. I think they'll be good enough this year to to sneak into the playoffs. Um, and yeah. And we don't have to do a deep dive in the West, but kind of give me uh, between one and three teams that you think could make some noise and kind of look out for um, as potential, you know, cup participants. Well, I mean, you have to go back to the Golden Knights. No doubt. That roster is well built for winning now. So I think you have to look at them. I mean, I think Seattle has grown a lot. We'll see if they take another step this year. I think that's a team to keep an eye on. I think they'll start much stronger this year. Um, and then, honestly, you could have L.A. as another sneaky team in yeah. there. They're young, but they've got a lot of talent, and they Up don't the play. Up the middle, I mean, they, they are as hard to play against as anybody. Yeah, and, they don't, and their schedule isn't going to be the most challenging, so I think they definitely have a shot to sneak into the playoffs, and if they take the steps they need to take, that's another team that could be hard to beat. Um, obviously, there is a lot of a lot of dead weight out in the West. I think Arizona got better, but I think they're still bad. I'm excited to see what Cooley does with Arizona. Um, but San Jose is very bad. Um, who knows what's going to ha- happen with Vancouver? I mean, it, it, that that franchise yeah. <laughs> that franchise is. I, I don't really necessarily follow what their plan is. I think they're lining themselves up to lose Pedersen. At this point, when the next contract comes up, um, I mean, I don't know if Calgary has a rebound this season. I mean, Huberdo is out there saying that he feels much better and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, the West is kind of honestly a shit show for no. Yeah, I think you have, to me, there's four or five teams that really stand out. Um, The teams you name, plus I would throw Colorado and Dallas in there. Yeah, um, definitely have to have them in there. Winnipeg, hey, congrats on your big signings. To me, it feels like you're just strapping your team into purgatory for the next, you know, seven years. Um, Hellebuck's as good as anyone, um, but I don't think they have the roster around him to really make any noise. Well, I would say they does, snuck in the playoffs, but if they weren't in the West, that doesn't happen. Well, and how does Hellebuck age as a goalie? I'm, sure, we'll see. We'll see. They've they've certainly bet on 
a few things that those players will be good into the future and that the cap will go up enough to where they'll be more palatable but they have certainly spent a lot of money on guys that will be 38 getting paid eight and a half million so the only team we haven't mentioned is the Oilers. Um, I think the most trendy pick out there right now is a Canes Edmonton final, a little 06 yeah. re, uh, you know, remix um, yeah. or rematch. Um, I don't know. It, it's probably what? The it, three best out there Edmonton, Vegas, pick your third? Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Those, those, I mean, that's the I easy mean, guess. Michushkin's back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think I, we know what Colorado is. They've got plenty of star players you got rotten and renton and i mean you've got mckinnon health for them has McCarr, been such a big deal uh landy's pretty much seems like might be done at this point we'll um see. we'll see hopefully he comes back for them uh but yeah to me outside of those three teams it's i i do like the kings um i i don't know how i feel about seattle this year um I don't think Calgary bounces back to that degree. So one of those three teams would be my pick. Uh, care to put your neck out there and make a cup pick? I mean, uh, it, it's really when you when you look at it, it's hard not to imagine Edmonton there, and it's really going to be dependent on do McDavid and Drysaitel carry them all the way there. And if you're betting on players, they're two players that you definitely bet on. So I think you have to like Edmonton's odds of getting there. I mean, it's very like what we're talking about right now is very trendy. Yeah. Like, but I mean, it's trendy for a reason. Like, they have the pieces. They have the two best players on earth. I mean, so you have to think at some point McDavid is going to win a cup. I mean, this team has got two, like you said, superstar players. I mean, two world class best player ever category and then an all-timer an all-timer so uh, i i think i lean towards edmonton right now in that regard because first carolina i think there i don't you know it feels weird as a carolina fan because i always have this little seed of doubt but if they get there i mean this team can do it there's they've always played really well versus edmonton they're deep I mean, they're really deep. You've got Slavin, who knows how to play against McDavid, right? You have a deep defense. One of those three goalies is going to be hot. You know, you kind of hope it's Anderson because he's got the highest ceiling for ability to save a game. Um, they could really do it. I you, mean, you you know, I never do it. I, I am the constant, hey, conservative prognosticator. I'm always like, hey, Carolina Eastern Conference Final, and hey, to me, every year that they do that, you're in the mix. Uh, you can call it no worse than a great season. Um, but I'm going to go out on a limb. I, I do feel like uh, Carolina will make the Stanley Cup final. Um, I think if they play Edmonton, it's a great stylistic matchup for them. That's who they would probably want to come out of the West. And in that scenario, I, I would have them winning probably in, in six would be my guess. Um, obviously, so far out. Um I would probably feel differently if they caught Colorado or Vegas, two teams that they traditionally struggle against. Vegas especially is just so heavy for Carolina. Um, but for now, I'll say Edmonton gets by. The high-end talent meets Carolina in the finals, and same result as 06. Uh, Rod gets his first cup as a coach and beats the same team in the finals twice. It would be quite the story. Um, we can all hope, you know, this is like – when you look at the roster, this is a really good opportunity to win. And then there's kind of some question marks after this season, depending on what they do with extending players. This might be a team that takes one run at it, and then they do a quick little reset for a year, and then they're back into contention. But And honestly, a quick little reset where you let some of these younger guys who are probably ready to come in and take those roles might not be the worst thing. No, um, not at all. But th- like, to your point, this is the year that they kind of – this year Not that they're all the, in, but for the Canes, they're more all in. Oh, when, yeah, and we'll have to see. I mean, we mentioned they have the pieces throughout the organization, whether it's young players, whether it's current roster players, draft capital. I mean, we have Philly's second-round pick next year, which is essentially a late first, right? So they're in position. They have the capital to make moves if they decide this is the year, and, you know, when you're really hunting for a cup, sometimes you got to make those bottom of the, the lineup moves. Little, yeah, for last that little last thing push. to get over the top. 
Well, I, I promise I wasn't pandering um, by picking the Canes, but we, we do have a big announcement. Um, you know, Mike's kind of going through the decision-making process, but this will be my last podcast as a, you know, full-time partner, host, co-host. Um, moving to Seattle, um, took a job at the University of Washington. Uh, really excited to get out there, uh, go to some cracking games and uh, kind of build our lives as we move for professionally. And this is a, a really good thing. So uh, bittersweet, but uh, Mike may keep it going. Might find another co-host, TBD. That's for him to decide. If he does, I will absolutely call in and be a guest every once in a while as I go hang out with my buddy, John Forza. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's been a great run. I, I don't even know when we started this, to be completely honest It was a COVID thing, for sure. Yeah, so it's been, it's been, we're, this is episode 41, you know, at the beginning when we started recording, we always joke that it took us like four hours to record yeah, an yeah, episode. Now we do it in one cut. Yeah, now everything is one take and we just sit here and knock it out, which if the quality is dropped, you know why now. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's been a great time. And Dude. Exciting, no. exciting stuff for you. One. And we'll see how much energy I have to keep doing this. This was kind of like... I think you just have, ro- you know, have like tryouts, like rotating, uh, oh, yeah. rotating partners. Well, um, I got to tell people you didn't make the cut. <laughs> I'd, ra- well, I'd rather not. Um, like you said, some great moments. Whatever you guys do, please don't go back and listen to the early episodes. They are, um, we're, we're raw. We we're rusty. Yeah. We were uh, the newbies. And, and Might have to You know, burn. not that we're perfect now, but um, kind of hit our stride a little bit. Do it in one cut, one take. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. I mean so much more fulfilled by this than I thought it would be as I thought it was just a time wasting activity when yeah. we we're all bored and stuck 100%. in our homes um, to, to say we got to interview John Forslund and really have the most candid interview that he's provided on his time here uh, in Carolina in that exit yeah. um, just an A plus guy and we're honored to have kind of not broke that story but added more depth to it sure. uh, obviously getting to, to hang out and, and record a podcast with you one of my best friends is um, really appreciate that and uh, we'll miss Raleigh, but um, this is not goodbye. This is see you later, and you know, always gonna be a Canes fan, and hope uh, hope you come out to Seattle and catch some games. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. And and like I said, hey, I mean, this started as us sitting next to each other at Canes games, talking the entire time. We're like, we should probably save everybody sitting around us the annoyance of us talking. It was kind the of a session at first. No, really, <laughs> at, at the beginning, it was certainly a vent session, and it slowly turned into excitement and you know it's a great season so hopefully you know this leads into a great season for the 100 and, and that's why i had to pick them to win right that had to be yeah, on record for my last I one i mean what a turnaround no one's gonna remember <laughs> no one no. what a turnaround Mr. For I, I, I couldn't you know stand the decision making process and now i could not be more on board i mean yeah. a full 180 convert here um but yeah let's get that on record no one's ever gonna remember if i said it and they don't want it but i can always call on it if they did so yep, um go. signing off for me any final thoughts no, I, we'll see what happens. I don't. I still haven't made my mind up. I've just been like, I, I got to figure out if I have the energy or not to keep it rolling. We'll sure. see. It, it does take time, but I want to thank all you for listening. Your engagement. We've had so much fun getting to know a number of you, and um, you know, building a little bit of a brand at a time for uh, the Rod the Podcast. But yep. it's been great. And uh, go, Canes. Go Canes. <laughs> <laughs>